All right, today on episode 474 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get a chat with Von Carrick and Brian Borison about the Ivy and Varley, a brand new restaurant and cocktail bar that is located right in downtown Salt Lake City. We get to talk about the motivation that they had to uh, open them up, the obstacles that they had to overcome because they opened them up right in the middle of a pandemic, and what patrons can expect when they visit. Hey, the Ivy is located at 55 West, 100 South, and the Varley is conveniently located right next door. But before we get into that conversation, we should probably introduce ourselves. Probably. My name's Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, how you doing, Chrissy? I'm Chris. Hi, how you doing over there, Chris? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Long time no see. Thanks for joining us, you guys. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know what it's about, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you may be wondering what it's all about. Well, Chris and I are here every week with a brand new episode of the show where we showcase awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the surrounding areas. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. And like I said at the beginning on this episode, we get to talk to Vaughn and Brian because they have a cool story to share about the Ivy and Varley, a brand new restaurant and cocktail bar that is located right in downtown Salt Lake City. And we also got to go down a few other rabbit holes. We got to talk about Soundwell. We got to talk about uh, some events that they put on or Man, currently these guys put do on. So much Bonanza Reggae Rise Up. Yeah, it sounds awesome. So we get to talk about all that in this episode. It was a fun conversation. Let's get into that conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. When you guys reached out to me. You were mentioning a new restaurant, cocktail bar, whatnot, opening up in downtown Salt Lake City, or it's already opened up, the Ivy in, in Varley, right? These are both brand new uh, restaurants, cocktail bars. How long have they been open now? So we, um, I guess, kind of like right as COVID hit, we, you know, Brian and I kind of come from a concert and kind of beverage side of things. And so right as, you know, COVID hit, we kind of were sitting there, you know, sitting on our hands, basically, just trying to figure out what we want to do. And uh, one of our kind of longstanding plans that we've kind of always had in the back of our minds was to kind of get more into the hospitality side and just kind of create some, you know, some different experiences in Salt Lake City. And uh, Brian pulled me in and I think it was what, June or maybe it was May. And uh, to kind of look over a couple of spaces and, you know, we weren't doing anything at the time and we ended up you know, spending the next, you know, five, six months, I think we ended up opening up Varley over Halloween weekend. Um, and then Ivy followed soon after that, uh, right, right after the new year. So January 7th and 8th was our opening weekend. I want to go back just a little bit. You you mentioned, uh, you were looking at places or spaces back in like May or June of last year, nothing was going on. It's like, why the rest of us were all like, oh my gosh, there's a, there's this pandemic going on and freaking out. You guys just took the bull by the horns and said, hey, let's make uh, let's make lemonade, right? We got lemons here. We're let's- like running away from buildings and you guys are running <laughs> towards them to rent them. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good quality or a bad one, but, uh, you know, we just kind of just the way we are, you know, I, I we like to say that we're kind of crackheads in a weird way. You know, if we're... Um, if we're not doing something or keeping busy, you know, we're, it's, it's kind of detrimental to our health in a weird way. So we, we, uh, the concert industry is so fast paced and nonstop and, you know, Brian and I were like, well, if we're not doing that, we need to shift our gears and 
do something else. That's right. Because your complete concert industry, that, that slipped my mind just right now too. Now that I'm thinking about it. Wow. So your whole industry, you were involved in the entertainment, live music, all of that, all of that completely shut down for you. I mean, what was your first thought when that happened? You know, it's funny. Well, not funny, but we were about, a, we, we have our largest music festival we do called Reggae Rise Up, which is in Florida. Um, we have one here in Utah as well, and then also one in Vegas. But we were about a week away from actually, uh, I think we were flying out the next day to go down to start setting up our, our Florida festival, which is about, you know, 15,000 people a day. And everything kind of started to hit, you know, the NBA started to shut down, um, South by Southwest started to go. Um, and, you know, we're obviously not on, on that scale, but we were, you know, we kind of had to start follow, you know, follow suit. So yeah, we were, it was definitely a stressful time for us. Um, and then, you know, Brian with, with sound, can kind of touch a little bit more on how we were feeling just on a local side. Yeah, it came out, it came at us quick. Uh, we actually just to touch on Vaughn's story there is we had somebody that was actually boarding the plane coming from Los Angeles and he was told, we called him and told him to get off the plane because this thing had canceled or had postponed at that point. And, uh, and so it just, you know, it came really, it re- really quick at us. And I think we just, you know, after our quick state of depression, we, um, uh, in, in March, we shifted gears pretty quick in April. So, which was pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm looking back over the last year, you know, I, I obviously listened to a lot of podcasts doing a podcast. So you hear all these stories of some of these people that took 2020, you know, they didn't let it hold them back. And uh, I think some of us are looking back now and saying, gosh, you know, because in your case, the entertainment industry is shutting down and then you're kind of trying a new, you know, venture with the, the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry. I don't know how you weren't, you know, just, I would have been nervous See, as all can be. I love it. Cause it feels like you're, you're like, you're just doing it kind of off season, right? Like you're going into park city to figure something out in the middle of summer, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just doing some uh, off season adjustments and, and this is like actually a really good time to do it. I would think. Yeah, literally, you know, Brian, and I think just the other, it might've been yesterday, actually, we were kind of just talking about how, you know, had, you know, the festivals happen or had our just normal lives with with our everyday show schedules and stuff that we're constantly just kind of chasing around. Um, had that been going on, we, we definitely, we probably wouldn't have had Ivy or Barley opened up for, you know, till 2022. <laughs> oh yeah. I gave you all that extra time. Definitely. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a blessing for us when it, when we all come out at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the menu at, uh, at all these places. Gosh. I mean, cause I'm sure, especially, with them just barely opening up here really within over the last six, six months or so for both of them. I'm sure a lot of our listeners hasn't, have not been to either one of them. Uh, I'm looking at the Varley uh, website. I mean, this looks like a beautiful cocktail bar. Here's what I want to know. If you, if one were to visit the Varley or the ivory, what is the, the thing that someone should try? That's gotta be a really tough question, but someone's in town for a day and wanted to stop by, what should they try? I think I can jump in on that one. Uh, being so involved in the menu myself, I've, I would say that everything's great, but that's not the question. So um, I would start with the Thai coconut curry mussels and share that. It's got, I mean, it's just a really, really savory but spicy kind of dish to get you started. And then, um, and then I would finish or I would head to an entree and go with the sweet potato gnocchi and, and then finish it off with the 
um, Oreo cheesecake. Um, and I think you would, would feel pretty good there. Was this at the Ivy? This would be at Varley. At Varley. That might be like my favorite meal ever. Wow. Even the mussels. Those are like my four favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I got to take you out on a date now. Yeah. The kitchen, we actually share the same kitchen with Ivy. So the spaces are next door to each other. Oh, okay. Um, Ivy's menu is definitely real, more robust um, with kind of Varley being like the sister bar that shares some of the, the menu. Gotcha. That's kind of cool that they share a kitchen. So, I mean, you kind of, it was easy to kind of combine the two and have a couple of different uh, uh, ventures at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Out of one location-ish. Definitely. I think it worked out for us um, in the sense that we ended up opening up Varley first. So Varley being smaller um, and starting with like a smaller menu, it really kind of gave us the ability to just kind of start working through a, a few of like the, the menu items and even just like the staffing and, and all that um, before we really kind of unleashed um, everything at Ivy. So what do, you, what do you guys do normally like day to day with everything? Are you guys kind of working more behind the scenes or do you get out and kind of uh, do you ever get out and like do any of the cooking or, or waiting tables or anything? I'm at the restaurant most days. Um, living inside the I'm not on the kitchen line. Uh, we've got a great, great team back there. We've been fortunate to find some really, really strong assets in our kitchen. And um, but I'll be running the day to day on most of that stuff. And so I'm pretty much living in there for the at the current time. This is actually a nice little break from I'm missing a little dinner rush. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> are, are you guys We're get, happy to help? Are you guys getting busier now? Or are you are you noticing things are kind of picking picking up a little bit? We've seen a lot of people interested in checking this out, um, enjoying both concepts and, and really kind of enjoying the experience that we're really trying to create on the, on 100 South there where, where you can eat at Ivy and then go grab a cocktail at Varley and, or vice versa. Um, so it's really, we're seeing that continue to, to build up and the weekends have been pretty busy. The weekdays are pretty consistent so far. Um, but yeah, we're really, we're really excited about the feedback that we've been receiving too. So I was just wondering kind of, you know, people are getting back out there, you know, with everything with COVID getting back out and, you know, spending money, going to restaurants and uh, letting yeah, loose and having fun. Right. Are. Cause yeah. you know, I'm sure a lot of those places were kind of hit hard for a little while there uh, with not a lot of traffic, not a lot of business. Because it is a new place, you know, obviously I, I think that there's a lot of interest in just like that kind of initial honeymoon phase with a lot of people. Um, which I think has helped us during these times, maybe outside of COVID, or if we'd been kind of opened up before COVID, I don't know if that would have continued through that, but we've been real fortunate to get a lot of uh, attention from everybody in Salt Lake City right now. All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes of your time right now and talk to you about one of our awesome sponsors. I love talking about them. Hey, UtahMarijuana.org is your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, Medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to uh, Tim Pickett. I don't know if you guys remember when we chatted with him back on episode 420. We found out all about the medical marijuana program here in Utah. And now UtahMarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast. And I am so grateful for that. So uh, UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they make getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. 
With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Hey, and if you're in the West Valley City area, check this out. They have a location located at 3615 West, 1987 South, Building 8. It's actually right across the street from Beehive Pharmacy. So depending on where you're located at in the valley, they have a location just for you. Hey, isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. And then you guys do Soundwell as well, right? That's uh, located right there in downtown. Yeah, so Soundwell, um, you know, Brian, kind of where Brian and I had originally kind of started um, was, I think I probably got in the concert industry and kind of just like throwing parties and stuff like early on in high school and in, in college. And then shortly after that, I kind of started my own thing. Um, and Brian was over there at, used to be the hotel, which Brian, I'll let you kind of jump in on that. Yeah, we've, we've been there and we've been competing against each other for events for the early part of our career. I think it was like early, like 2007 to 10, we were kind of working against each other. And, and I basically courted Vaughn and said, let's stop doing this. Let's start working together. It took him about seven years to really <laughs> kind of take the bait, I guess. Um, was it like a good old fashioned rivalry? Not not yeah, so much a rivalry. Not so much. Fun. Not so much. I like, like friendly, I like to think that friendly rivalry. I like to think that Vaughn was a lot stronger in that category than I was. But we we had a lot of similarities and and a lot of our vision was was real was really put together. And so I was very interested in um, just all the things that he was doing because he was creating such great events in all these different areas. And so and he's just he's really great with the people that he works with and everything. So it was, it was very intriguing to, to kind of get us going. And what's funny about that is, you know, it took him a while to kind of convince me to join. And then once I had kind of joined forces with him, then it, I had, to, it took me a while to convince him to transition from kind of the nightclub stuff at Elevate um, and switch it to sound well and turn it into like a full fledged concert venue and really kind of get out of that. Uh, just the weekend warrior type mentality. And uh, try to cater to, you know, kind of up and coming artists and in that, you know, 600 cap size um, range of, of, of talent. And, you know, it's been what we're coming up on two years or three years, Brian. Well, we took a year off. So two years. So and it looks like you got uh, live music still going on here at Soundwell, which is great. Yeah, we've, I think, um, you know, it's it's definitely without having live music. It's, you know, for us, you know, it's that's such a, a piece of our lives. Um and so it took us a while to kind of get to this point, but we were very happy to um, and kind of nervous to to open up again to the public with everything that was going on um, and just, you know, hoping that we can kind of still provide that experience while, um, you know, doing it safely and, you know, within kind of the health guidelines. And I want to say it was like November, we did our first event with an artist called Sats, named Satsang, um, who flew down and just did a acoustic set. And it was, it was amazing. Like people literally were walking out crying afterwards, you know, just, just because they were just so happy to just be out um, and seeing live music again. And 
so we after that success we've we've uh you know really focused on trying to you know build up some of the local acts and bring in a couple you know touring acts that are coming in and just you know doing a socially distanced show with about 100 to 120 people that are all spaced out and you know be able to have a couple of drinks and kind of have an intimate uh, experience with an artist instead of you know a, a packed house with you know 600 people kind of shoulder to shoulder man it's like finally a uh, concert that old people like me want to go to <laughs> everyone stay away from me give me my drink and let me listen to some music yeah that it's interesting wonderful. i think that, yeah i think there are some you know takeaways that we've we've learned from this you know depending on the type of show and who it is but i think that we you know we will kind of try to mix in some of that you know seated more socially distant type stuff because i think people really do enjoy it yeah now are you doing live music at all at varley or the ivy so we program um varley wednesday through saturday with just djs um and that's our goal with that is really just the energy and the atmosphere we're not necessarily you know selling tickets like we would at soundwell so they're definitely different uh, in that regard but uh yeah i think we have a pretty solid lineup um with some some cool music to kind of keep keep the energy up now how do you guys keep it all together i mean it seems like you got 10 million projects going on that's what I was thinking. I was like, how can we, I'm even trying to keep them straight yeah, in my head, like you know, it, <laughs> and you're actually doing them all. And you probably got more <laughs> projects coming down the pipeline that you're thinking about doing. So it's like, what, and you, and you guys What's seem like secret? pretty chill people. You don't seem super stressed out. Yeah. I have a saying, I mean, I, I've tricked my brain into believing that stress is not real. <laughs> I like that. Though. Teach me your ways. Yeah, can you make that happen to our brains? Uh, trust me. I try to, I try to pound that vision home with all my staff and, and, and my team. Cause you know, at the end of the day, well, I think we've been fortunate. Um, and I, I think it's a, a fortunate situation where we've just gone through, you know, a lot of different situations um, in the event world that have, you know, that just, they, they season you in a way because it's the one good thing about the event world is you're, it's always different. It is, there's never, you can have like the perfect plan and there's always something that comes in, whether it's weather or, you know, an artist doesn't show up or you're dealing with, you know, some drunk guy or, you know, whatever it may be, there's always something that kind of comes up. And, uh, you know, when you deal with that every day of your life, it, you kind of just have, you kind of get a thick, thick skin. Well, it sounds like you might be a little bit like me too. I've noticed that I'm like one of those people that really thrives on fires, like trying to put fires out, especially in the workplace where it's like, oh yeah, bam, I can do this, I can do this. And then as soon as everything's really calm, I panic because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, I can't just sit here and get paid. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, I think you, uh, are you looking for a job? Because I think you'd fit in. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, well, you know, and like stress and anxiety and excitement are all actually kind of the same chemicals released. And so I was thinking about that as you were talking, how if you just kind of shift your perspective you could just be really excited all the time. Eh? You my, okay, yeah. It's a working theory, you guys. It's a working theory because I'm trying to trick myself into not being stressed too. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's taken a while, but I, you can do it. I, I have faith. Right on, right on. What about you, Brian? I mean, are you pretty relaxed and chill like Vaughn or, or what's, uh, how do you handle your stress? I like to think that I'm much cooler and more relaxed than Vaughn is all the time. I, I think he's I a little high strung personally. definitely now hey i got a question so so bonanza you now were both of you part of bonanza or just you vaughn 
Uh, yeah, both of us were. Brian, um, another side of our business together is Brian handles all the beverage and kind of the staffing for all of our music festivals. Because you guys only did Bonanza one year, right? And then you had it planned the second year, and then they, like the state shut it down or something. What's the story there? What? So we actually did three three years, and it was the fourth year. Yeah. Okay, so my bad there. I, I think it took a the first year really didn't count. I don't think really anybody knew about it, so it's okay to chalk that one off. But um, yeah, you know, we really had this vision to put together an event that kind of had you know a multi genre type feel with a camping aspect. Um, and we found a great site up in, in Heber, Utah that, you know, we were able to go up there and it was an amazing setting, um, right on the backside of Jordan Dam. And, uh, you know, you had cabins that people could rent out and, you know, we camped, you know, 250 campsites and along with that, unfortunately came, you know, the the way that a lot of our laws and, you know, everything worked when you're doing special events really kind of hone in on the festival grounds themselves, you know, they kind of treat that as the venue. And where we ended up getting in trouble is we we didn't really include the campgrounds in that because, you know, it was an all-age music festival. And um, once they left the music festival itself and went to the campgrounds, it was kind of, you know, it was almost as if they were driving home and going home for the night. You know, it was kind of out of our jurisdiction, per se. Um, and I think because the, they were so close to each other, we ended up crossing that line a little bit for people that maybe not that weren't as involved with it. Um, you know, if a city official came up and saw kind of some of that and they walked through the campgrounds, you know, they're, I think that that alarmed them a little bit and, you know, nothing against Heber. We love it up there, but I still think that, you know, it's a, us Salt Lake city boys coming up there was just a, a different experience for them. And, you know, we learned a lot through that process, but at the end of the day, it was a, uh, a bigger vision than I think that Heber was willing to accept. Um, let's just put it that way. Do you plan on ever bringing it back or is it kind of dead? Us? No, you know, we, we, we had some partners in it that may, you know, we ended up kind of stepping away from, um, they may try and do something. I'm not, I, I'm not sure if they're going to try and do it here or what, what their deal is, but you know, Bonanza was awesome. I think that we definitely plan on trying to recreate something similar once, you know, things get back to normal. But as it, as it stands now, we, we won't be a part of Bonanza. Cause it always looked like a cool event. And it was always one of those events that I was like, man, I got to go check that out this year. I got to go check that out this year. And then the dates just didn't line up with, you know, summertime gets so busy, you know, you can't, can't do everything. And, and, uh, then it just kind of disappeared. Yeah, Bonanza was cool. I mean, you know, it was it was like going to Coachella, but going to, you know, instead of having 100,000 people there, you would have 8,000 people there. Because, you know, having the acts that we that we did in such a small environment was, you know, it was a cool experience. And, you know, we've, we ended up kind of rolling that into our Reggae Rise Up brand. So we ended up taking, you know, and putting our Reggae Rise Up festival um, up there and same concept. It just really, it and it's definitely a different crowd, so it fits a little bit better up there. But um, yeah, it, it was, and I think it was also more accepted. So yeah, what, it, what do you mean? Cool what do you site. mean by that? Accepted? What accepted by Heber City? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's just a more mellow crowd at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, you know, people listening to reggae versus, you know, Wiz Khalifa or Odessa. It's just a different, different demographic. Different energy. Yeah, for sure. In the room, you know? So yeah. Reggae Rise Up is still going on. And I mean, obviously, once things get back to uh, quote unquote normal, 
Correct. Yeah, we were lucky um, to not have announced that festival. Kind of, I guess, normally we announced about a month after when COVID hit last year. So, you know, we hadn't uh, got that one up. But yeah, as soon as things kind of get back to normal, we plan on bringing it back for sure. And you mentioned Florida, Reggae Rise Up in Florida. What's the connection to Florida? I was actually dating a girl in Florida. <laughs> so I was kind of going down there. And once I kind of experienced Florida and St. Pete um, and just kind of the coastal co- culture, we I really saw just like how big it was in Florida as far as the genre goes. And we decided to to we wanted to really expand it from from utah and kind of tour the 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 brand the brand and you know so i went down there and you know we put on this event and it was just one day we actually did it at raymond james stadium which is where the tampa bay bucks play and uh went down there and everything was going well ticket sales were doing well and we were all you know kind of pumped on it and uh then all of a sudden we kind of started seeing some reports coming in and we ended up having record rain in tampa you know, Tampa rains all the time. So it's not like, especially during that, you know, during that time, it was right in the heat of hurricane season, which is pretty funny looking back on. Cause at the time I remember thinking people would say something to me about that. I was like, I, these guys, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, I'm from Utah. We deal with snow and like, I'm not worried about a little rain, you know, we're going to be fine. But I mean, it was like coming at us sideways. There was so much rain. There was, you know, it was like a foot deep. I feel like we were just sludging through it, which you know, obviously wasn't, you know, very conducive for a music festival. So they actually evacuated us um, into Raymond James Stadium because of a lightning warning um, for about an hour and a half. So, you know, we had 3000 people like in the hallways of Raymond James Stadium just sitting around waiting. Oh, wow. You know, it, it honestly, it almost bankrupted us. I mean, there was there was quite a few people that were owed money. There was, you know, luckily, we were able to get like the artists paid. Um, I remember calling Brian and he can probably give his side of the story because it was kind of a funny, this is really where Brian and I really started working. But I like, I think like a week before I was like, my bar manager has no idea what he's doing. I need you to get your ass on a plane and come down here. <laughs> and Brian just being as strong and as, you know, just committed and loyal as he is. He's like, all right, I'm there without any questions, you know, showed up and um, tried to clean up the mess the best that, you know, that we could. But yeah, it was 2014 was, you know, to me, it's almost like been that's it, it, just a date that I'll always remember, you know, nine twenty seven, two thousand fourteen, 2014, because it was just, it almost broke us. And uh, ironically enough, it's our largest event. And it's what, you know, keeps us all afloat today and able to kind of give us the opportunities that we, that we do at the current time. So what made you want to try it again after that? Uh, I, I just was very, in my heart of hearts, I knew that like Florida was a solid market. I mean, I, I just, I knew that the way that like they responded, the way that the fans were just, I knew that it was going to, to blow up and yeah, sure enough, you know, did we went from, I think we'd sold 4,000 tickets that first year to now, you know, this year we were on the way to doing about 17,000 people a day. I think that's a good lesson for everyone listening. Over four days. If you, if you know you're onto a good idea, let yourself, allow yourself one failure and then try it again. Definitely. Sometimes I have three or four failures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 10, who knows? Yeah. Just don't lose no. everything. <laughs> no, yeah. But yet you don't get stressed out, man. Gosh. Just well, I think, though, you know, I kind of touched on that earlier. I think that the reasons like that, that have, I always can kind of fall back on that. Like eh, things are pretty shitty right now, but not as bad as 2014. It's kind of nice to have that, right? I think so. You know, now it's, like the, it's the easier visual. to sit. Yeah, it's easier to sit in yeah. the chair now and say that, but back in the day, I don't know if I would have said that. 
What advice would you guys give uh, new business owners? Like, let's say somebody just barely opened a brand new business of their own. One or two pieces of advice. I mean, I guess you've already given a bunch of advice, but maybe you got one or two more tips. I don't know. I think for me, you know, and everything that I've done, it's it's definitely find the a team around you. You know, I think in everything that I've done, you know, Joey Trom on my on this live night event side, you know, has been my right hand through all this. Brian on, you know, the realign group. Um, and, you know, even on the reggae rise up side is and the festival side is, you know, who's kind of really those guys are the people that have, you know, got me through and got us kind of to where we are. So to me, it would just be, you know, really doing your best to try to find, you know, loyal and, you know, a, a strong team. What, what about you, Brian, any advice to uh, new business owners that you care to share? Yeah, I mean, I, I would really agree with Vaughn on that. Um, I've gone at this by myself. I've been trained under some people that I didn't really appreciate um, how they conducted their business. And I think it's just really finding people that share the same qualities that you do and try to work with them as opposed to trying to force something that doesn't fit. So, you know, when it really comes down and you've got to make tough decisions, you're really in in tuned with who you're working with cool yeah man get your posse (laughs) let's uh we have a few standard salt lake city questions that we ask everybody that comes through here so of course we got to ask you too um you know we have family and friends that visit us from time to time they come from out of town they're coming up from california or florida or wherever and they're saying hey show us around town show us around the city show us around the area we all have those places we take them to where do you guys take people to and show off I mean, that's easy. You know, I think you, you start with dinner at, at, at uh, Ivy, you know, maybe head over to Samuel for a show <laughs> and then you can no, end, it, like end it. at Varley, you know, with a, with a cocktail. That actually would be an amazing night. It's actually starting to happen more often, which we're very thankful for. It's pretty, it's interesting to see. So, but no, I, I think Salt Lake, I think there's a lot of places to offer, um, you know, great experiences. Like, you know, I love going to Whitehorse. I like going to Lake Effect vaulters i mean there's a lot of you know great restaurants you know and bars in the city what about you brian living downtown um i love i live right across the street from uh, from the little edison drag that's being built up i love what they've that whole area with with beer bar and bar x right there um and then and i just i think that's such a great area and then obviously going down main street is is really nice um if if we're not touting our own, you know, brands through the, through the city, you know, I would, there's definitely some really, really strong, great operators. And one of the places that, that I do love to go is uh, current. So it's, you know, that's just like kind of something a little bit more low key and for us. And so all of our stuff is really music driven and it's nice to kind of jump into something that's not as music focused sometimes, you know, just take a little break. Yeah, a little ambiance shift. What about dig it? Would you change anything about Salt Lake City if you could change something? If you had that opportunity to change something? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, I've born and raised here. I've definitely jumped around a little bit, but I always make it back. You know, I love Salt Lake through and through. I, I'm very proud to kind of be from here. I think that you know we always want to try to give back to it and try to grow it and you know provide different experiences. Um, but I don't. When it comes to changing, I don't. I don't think, I don't think I have anything that I would, I would change. You know, we have some new concepts and just a couple of things that we would like to kind of bring to the city, um, you know, looking in the future, but 
there's nothing that I would change. Anything you care to share? Unfortunately, not yet, but I will. Ah. I will ah. soon. <laughs> no, 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 you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. On a, no what, great what about you, Brian? Yet. Would you? Is there anything you would change? Um, I'm kind of with Vaughn on this one. I, I, I like where the city is. I like the direction that it's heading. And, you know, I, I really love the scenes that are kind of being built up. I, sometimes I wish there, if I was to change some one thing, I think I'd request like more pockets of entertainment areas throughout the valley a little bit, you know, just something and not big, but just, you know, some dining districts and things like that, that are a little bit more uh, robust than just some of the strip mall kind of places that pop up throughout the south end of the valley and kind of into some of the other uh, suburban areas. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it is cool to see people like you guys actually making that difference, though. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, we would be saying, I wish somebody would do this here. So thanks. You're welcome. We're happy to do it. And then obviously I want to go down the address and stuff for Varley and the Ivy and stuff. But before we wrap this episode up, I mean, first of all, I want to thank the two of you for recording with us and, and, and coming on the podcast. But is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get a chance to? I know we just kind of skimmed the surface with a ton of stuff, but I didn't know if there was anything you wanted to uh, specifically talk about. Uh, nothing on my end. No, I think we we touched on it. And yeah, I appreciate you know the time for sure. Any Anything with you, Brian? No, I'm I'm a a fan of the podcast, uh, and and I'm just like I'm happy to be on here and kind of chatting with you guys, and oh. you know we're we're really excited about what we're what we're bringing to you know our team to the city, and so we're just we're really excited about what's kind of coming up over the next few years. What's the let's give the addresses for Varley and the Ivy again, uh, since they're kind of your newer places. And then, uh, you know, I'll have all the social media links and the website links and stuff uh, with this uh, episode uh, show notes at IamSaltLake.com. Unless you guys want to rattle off some websites now, it's up to you. I just know you have a lot of links, so I don't want to make you <laughs> rattle off a bunch of stuff. Send us a table of contents. Well, not a table <laughs> of contents. What is it? Like an index. <laughs> We could actually. That might uh, not be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be in Rolodex form, please? I would like that. Uh, Varley is on 63 West, 100 South, and uh, Ivy is right next door at 55 West, 100 South. Very cool. Anything else? Well, Chrissy has a final question she asks everybody that comes through here, but anything else you want to talk to him about, Chrissy, before the final question? Man, you know, I just. Uh, I think we did a good job getting a good overview. Thanks yeah. for talking to us. Yeah, there's just so many wormholes I could totally go into. But thank you guys for your time. It was really fun to kind of hear your story and how you got how you grew this. Yeah, hopefully we can have a, a drink together soon and do it in person. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome idea. I love it. I'm so game. Uh, before we let you guys go, could you leave our listeners with a motto or a piece of life advice? Um, I think for me, I think doing everything with honesty. Um, and you know, I think if you have your hearts in it and you are, you know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be something or someone that you're going to upset or I guess maybe cause a conflict with or an issue with, I think, but as, as long as your heart's in the right place, um, at the end of the day, it always works out. Yeah. And I would say really don't compromise on, on what you, what your vision is on those things and, and really you know, find a way to make that work. And if it's, if it's something you're passionate about, really, you know, just do not compromise on that. Obviously there's a ton of compromises to, 
to build things, but don't compromise on what your what your goals are and where you want to be and really put in the work. You know, it will take you some it will take you in a direction that it's supposed to take you. Thanks again to Von Carrick and Brian Borison for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links and information to follow them can be found on our website at IamSaltLake.com and directly for this episode, IamSaltLake.com slash 474. Hey, before we wrap up this week's episode of the podcast, I want to mention a couple of ways that you can support the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, make sure to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so yet doesn't cost you anything. Uh, just go on there, type up a few words, and tell us what you like about the podcast. You can say what you don't like about the podcast, too, I guess. Give us tips, man. Yeah, but uh, it lets us know you're out there. It lets others know what you think of the show. Or you can become a Patreon supporter. This is really easy to do, too. You can do it for as little as $1 a month. It helps keep our lights on. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Lake and find out more about that. Let's get out of here, Chrissy. Let's uh, do it. Let's go make dinner. Ooh. Hey, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we'll see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.